With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time of the Preacher. An audio journey through the Preacher television series. From episode one to the end of the world. Welcome everyone to Time of the Preacher, the special season two finale episode. This episode is brought to you by Angelville. Bring a loved one back from the dead, see a magic show, and take a gator tour all in one day. Gift shop closes at midnight. Mention Time of the Preacher and get 20% off. <laughs> I'm here, uh, my name is Thomas James, and I'm here with my buddy Jay. Say hello, Jay. Hello, Jay. We are uh, doing a, a super special recording today, because for the first time ever in the same room... We are actually recording in the same room. <clears throat> and we watched the finale together. episode together, which we don't normally do. Which also complicated things. Yeah, it was really difficult. Yeah, because as we noticed when we were watching the episode, it was like there was... You know when you're sitting with your friend watching TV and something happens and you want to make a comment of it. Both of us couldn't make comments on it because like something would happen and I'd go, Oh, what about da-da-da? And I'm like, I can't say that. Because we need to keep it for this. Right. <laughs> so it was very weird to like watch it and be quiet. And then like both of us are like scribble, scribble, scribble notes. <laughs> and then I noticed it a couple of times. It was, it was funny because like, like you would start scribbling notes and I'd be like, what the heck is he noting? Like I, <laughs> like I didn't see anything. And then like a minute later, I'd be scribbling something and you would just, you'd be silent. And I'd be like, but dude, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, also remember, this is the. My this is my second rewatching of this because we yeah, were originally going to do eleven, twelve, and thirteen, but you had only watched eleven, twelve for the previous episode. So I had actually just seen this like a week ago, so it was still a little fresh in fresh my mind. In your mind. Yeah, and you know most of the notes I took were kind of repeat because for some reason I left. I'm at your place in Portland, and I left <clears> my <throat> notes that I took for this episode at home, so I just kind of had to jot down reminders. So, but you got your notes now. Yeah. And there you go. So this is season two, episode thirteen, the season finale. Season three, we're as we're recording this, season three starts in what five days, four days, something like that. Yeah. So we better hurry up with our recordings and get these out. Yeah, and right after this, we're going to record after a, a short cocktail break, probably. Yes. Our uh, season two wrap up episode slash season three anticipation episode, episode. slash prediction episode. So. Which I really season one recap or re- wrap up episode was my favorite to record and my favorite to re-listen to over and over again. <laughs> so I'm super excited for the season two wrap up, wrap up episode. Yeah, that those are the wrap up ones are fun. Yeah, and there will be a cocktail break in between, so I'm sure we will be fun. <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, yeah, I guess with we don't have anything else but to get into season two finale, get, right? Yeah, get into it. Let's go. Super excited for this season to end. Not well, well, not only because it is a really good finale. Like there was some struggles in as we've talked about many times, some struggles in the middle, midsection of this season. Maybe the season was two or three episodes too long. Yeah. The the thing that got me like with this season ending over like season one, the season one ending was just kinda like while we're on the road, we're looking for God, and they just kind of left it there. It wasn't much of like a like a real strict cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Whereas season two, you're left on a heavy cliffhanger. Yeah, right. Like like had they can't had the show been canceled after season one, it has sucked. But you would have kind of been like, oh, okay, that's a good place to cut it. Mm-hmm. They can't cut it. They had you have to do season three at this point, right? Because otherwise, you're leaving so much unsaid. Mm-hmm. So so finale wise, this is like a typical TV finale where it's like. Tune in next time because, mm-hmm. like, we have tons of questions now. Yeah, and that's also very comic book in that way, too, because comic books are known for leaving you hanging. I mean, when you go from one book, especially with Preacher, going from one book to the next, they yeah. definitely leave you hanging. Yeah. So. 
So this one, what we so this one opens up with a young Jesse, who who was that a new actor or is it just supposed to be Jesse at a different age? It was it, a, it was both. It was a new actor and he was a little older. Like earlier in the season, we had seen flashbacks more kind of telling us about Jesse and Tulip's childhood relationship, and that was when he was still living with his dad, so he was younger. And this is a little older. This is after I think his dad is dead and he's living at grandma's. And actually. I think I wrote this down in one of my sets of notes where this younger Jesse, I think much more matches the current Jesse, adult Jesse that we've seen. Mm, yeah. You know, as far as attitude, he's a lot more cynical. He's like a hustler. He's, he's, he pickpockets one of the people. So he's at, it's a flashback of young, this younger Jesse basically working the gates of Angelville. Right, which is charging for parking and that kind of I was going to say, which is kind of treated as a theme park kind of a thing. Definitely a tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, because it does. It's like you go to him to pay to park. Mm -hmm. So it's like got charged parking. Yeah, and he is doing, you're right, he is kind of like the modern Jesse where because he's got an angle, he's he's scamming money off people. But he also recognizes the cop. Mm -hmm. Like a cop pulls up and goes like, hey, I want to see the tombs. I want to see like the real stuff. And like, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, officer. Mm-hmm. Like, like being able to spot that cop, mm-hmm. like that's totally a Jesse thing. Right? Oh, right, yeah. And um, so we see that, and then so, we... By the way, since you mentioned the tombs, that made me think, especially in the rewatch, like, is that a thing that we're going to see in season three? Oh, yeah. Because, like, the cop, the cop was, like, wanting to see the dark, heavy shit so he can try to bust them, but he specifically mentions the tombs. Like, is that an actual thing that we're going to see? Right. Because, like... I think based on what we've already seen in the show, it's safe to say that the version of Angelville on the show, much like the version of everything else, isn't going to necessarily match what we've seen in the comics. Right. And so, like, it wasn't treated as, like, a theme park kind of tourist attraction. Not in the comics. In the comics. No. It was just Grandma's house. <laughs> right, right, exactly. There was... And, and this scene, because, like, like, the First Lady pulls up, and she's like, oh, you know, my, my cat's missing, right? right? And that's what it is, Right. And it seems like, oh, I'm going to go see this psychic lady and she'll help me find Mr. Muffins or whatever. <laughs> so it did seem like a tourist structure kind of thing. In the comic book, it's just it's just Grandma's house. It's Grandma. Right? So I am interested to see how long they're going to be on at Grandma's property mm-hmm. um, and how much of a story that is. Uh, that In the comic book, it's seriously, it's one comic. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like they put out the books now, which are like nine or ten comics together. Right. Grandma's house is one comic. 20, not even one book. Not even one. one book. It's like twenty pages. Wow. So and and so, but we've already pulled away from from the comic book in the fact that in the comic book, God resurrects um, Tulip because God's at Grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Here, it seems like Grandma resurrects people. Right. Right. In voodoo or. Whatever, and we but we also know she's a soul merchant, and maybe that's how she's re- resurrecting people, right? But but here it's like we, it is kind of insinuated that God's not doing the resurrection here. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and when we see God at the end, or we see Man Dog, and the door opens and it's God. That's not a grandma's house. That's in like some. It's a hotel room. It's a hotel room. So we don't know where Man Dog is at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, it is interesting, just like Grandma in this season. Uh, like Jody and TC pull up, mm-hmm. and and they come and get their money from Jesse, and and again we don't see them. Right, they're in shadow, they're in relief. Right, they're just the back shot of the truck with or, his arm with his arm out the window. Yeah. Right, and so like in this season you don't see Grandma and you don't see Jody and TC, and Jody and TC are from the book comic book. Grandma's you know obviously a big part of the comic book. Uh, they. I, it'll be interesting to see how close to the comic book they are, those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just no good son of bitches that need to die. So far, visually, they look like pretty close to the comics. Yes, and they sound and their attitude seems very similar to the comics. So everything at Grandma's house is kind of shaping up to be as freaky as we think it is, mm-hmm. right? As as, th- as we think it is going to be. However, when at the end of season one, they they were hitting the road, you and I thought, like, Okay, season two is just on the road, right? And we were in New Orleans, what, on the second episode? I'd have to yeah. go back and look. But it's, like, early on, right? I have, yeah. And I so, have. like, we're thinking, like, Grandma's House is season three. It could be episode one. I'm seriously worried about that. Because right? they, they fucking got us on season two, where he's like, 
Road Trip, The Search for God, two, maybe three episodes of them on the road. And then, like we talked about before, two tops. The rest they're in fucking in this North. house in New Orleans at right. Dennis's place. Like the end of the end of episode two is like somebody parked the car. Yeah. Like we're staying here. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right? very worried about that. And uh, we could talk more more about this in the season three finale. Well, or, well, in our wrap up, wrap show. up. But yeah, I'm really, really worried about. I'm I'm scared that they're going to pull the same shit on us because I love. Even like you said, it's only one comic, but it's still one of my favorite parts of. The Preacher comic well, series. Well, the Grandma House in the book is one comic, but there's a lot that leads up to it, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you get a little, you get more backstory and stuff. So you know, by the time in the comic you're at Grandma's house, you know to fear it. You know, mm-hmm. like what it is, and they're doing that in the show. And as it well. feels like a big thing, even if it is only one comic. It's like a big, one of the most important. It parts is. Of it the is. Comic. Yes, absolutely. You are absolutely right. That is like one of the main takeaways from the comic book series mm-hmm. is what happens at Grandma's house, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's it is an interesting place to be. Um, so my hope is we'll spend a majority of season three. I hope we at least get past the friggin' halfway point at, at Grandma's, at Grandma's house. house. And yeah. I know that you've been skeptical that that's going to happen in the past. I honestly think it's going to be two, three. I think it's three episodes tops. If that happens, there's going to be a rant on our show about. Well, it how depends up on that why is. they leave. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, you know, it depends on how they do it. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking it's it's two episodes, three tops. Purely because I'm thinking of it from the comic book perspective, and which is very short. Right. So I'm thinking it's going to be very short. However, in our next episode, we need to get into that in the next episode, in our yeah, wrap up. You're right. You're right. Because, because I do have things to say about that, but that's for another show. This one here, we see young Jess kills the chicken, right? <clears throat> which is a very important scene, I think. Y- yeah? I think it's important for a couple of reasons. First of all, it foreshadows Tulip. Obviously, because he kills the chicken, he feels guilty about it, and so then this flashback wraps up with him running, to rushing grandma. with the chicken in his backpack to grandma's place. He puts the chicken on the table. Obviously, he wants her to bring him back, bring it back, and she says everything has a price. And so, oh. like, and not only is it foreshadowing, okay, the end of this episode. He'll be bringing Tulip there for the same exact reason. Right. So my two questions are, number one, what was the price he had to pay to get the chicken revived? Right. And then, of course, it, then the question comes, what price is he going to have to pay to bring right. Tulip back? This is, is going to be a much bigger price. This is one of the first times in during the show that I had to hold myself from talking to you. Right. Because <laughs> because she says, you know, everything has a cost. And he knows. And she goes, and you know what it is, right? Or she alludes to, like, you know what the cost like he knows, is. Right. right? But it's never said. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so you and I don't know. The viewer doesn't know. Right? So you're right. I think you're right. We're setting up the tulip thing at the end. And obviously, tulip's going to be a high cost over some chicken. Mm-hmm. And and the, But even the cost of the chicken set Jesse back a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like, you could see he was concerned. Like, I know, but do it anyway. Right, right. Right? And, and so... Yeah, it, like we may we may never find out what the price of the chicken was, right? But we're, I am curious. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to want to know. We're going to we're going to find out about tulip. I mean, right. that I guarantee you. Yeah, but the price of the chicken, I, I what a buck fifty. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking more. He had to do something, right? Yeah, he but, yeah. <laughs> but and but she's a soul merchant or something. So is like is it like tenth of your soul like. Like one tenth of a percent of your soul. I don't or, think so. I, see, I don't think so either because that goes against the. Right now, his powers aren't working so big, mm-hmm. and that's because he's missing one percent of his soul. Mm-hmm. Well, we're assuming that, but I think that's a safe assumption, especially because we see Star, her Star, at the end go like, "Come see me when you want the rest of your soul mm-hmm. back." Mm-hmm. That's later in this episode, and we'll have to get into that. But I selfishly hope that. We do find out what the price for the chicken was. Like in the first episode of season three, I kind of would like to see, like, what did he have to do? Because I think that'll be a nice setup for him returning with Tulip. Well, wouldn't it be great, though, if he brings Tulip into Grandma and Grandma goes, well, you know that, you know, the chicken costs you three nights in the cell. <laughs> this is going to cost you. Right. But, like, but if Grandma references the chicken cost, yeah, yeah. that would, that would yeah. just, that'd be a little awesome little nod to it. <laughs> I think. Well, we'll talk about the chicken again at the end because the chicken shows up at the end of this season. Yes, it does. Episode. And then, okay, and then we cut to where where uh, Jesse's with Hair Star, and they're starting off the Messiah stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're starting small, right? So they go into a children's class, like a 
uh, church school or something. Like definitely a Catholic school, like because right. the nuns are the the teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes in there and he's he's uh, he goes in. Well, okay, I had a problem with this because he goes in and he's in, and he's brought in and there the the class the children are told he's coming in and he's going to perform a miracle, right? And he comes and he starts giving like a speech to the class to the kids, and he's reading off cards. But essentially what he's doing is a sermon. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. But it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's a preacher. He gives sermons. Mm-hmm. Why is he reading off cards? Like, I understand uh, it's what, what Hare Star said. Like, these are this is what you say. Yeah. It's like a script given to him. Right. But he is well adept at speaking, Right. you know, pre-thought-out words to an audience. Yeah, when you when you look at it that way, yeah, I make that, that is a good question. But, yeah, it all comes down to, like you said, it's not just a sermon. It's because Hairstar is videotaping this to go make it go viral. It's very specifically the unva- the first unveiling of the Messiah. Right, but, so. it, but isn't it more powerful if he's not <laughs> looking down at his little yeah, he, yeah. cards? And because it, it just bothered me because... Not only is he reading off the cards, but he's not reading with confidence. Right. Like, he's kind of like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. And he, he seems kind of weak. Yeah. And it's like, if you're trying to show him to the world, right, he should go up there and preach, right? Yeah, I think that was probably more for us, the viewing audience of the show, because they're showing us, you know, he's not, he's uneasy about this. He's still kind of doing it Hair Star's way. Right. Reading off the cards. That was, I see what you mean, though. That does kind of undercut... The power and majesty of the return of the or, Messiah, or of the Messiah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he should just come out and fucking preach, right? Um, but anyway, I mean that's just kind of an aside, I guess. And um, then before we go any further, though, yeah. I it, one other part I loved right before he's reading these cards is where Hairstar is trying to get him to wear this robe. He calls it a Flemish fencing cloak. <laughs> he's trying to get him to drape it on him, and I just love the way Hairstar talks, like the way he says the words Flemish. Fencing cloak. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts about her stars, just listening to him talk. So, and that's just an aside. So, go on. Yeah. So he's reading this thing. Okay. So, and and then, I think this is kind of obvious once it happens, right? Because we know hair stars setting this up. We're trying. He's trying to get him to wear something. He's got him reading the words off the cards. So I think it's obvious when the school's attacked that this is a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hair stars recording it and wants it to go viral. And yet, strangely, it doesn't seem obvious to Jesse. Right. I think it's obvious to us, but it doesn't seem obvious to Jesse until he until he discovers that they're firing. He gets one of their guns and discovers they're firing blanks. Right. And and then he still kicks all their asses. Right. Right? Like, oh, this is a setup. Mm-hmm. I, I would have... He could have stopped right there and turned to her start and went like, why are you even doing this? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this setup? But no, he proceeds to kick all of their yeah. asses. Although we did skip over... <clears throat> He tried to use the voice. Right, right. Which, which, here's the funny thing is. So, who, for whose benefit is is this set up? Because, on the one hand, you have, Hairstar wants to record it. They're being attacked. You know, children are being attacked by these evil men. And he tells them, put down your weapons. And they do, right? That goes for the video. That goes for the Messiah thing. That's great, right? But Hairstar knows the voice isn't going to work. No, he doesn't. I don't think he does. You don't think he knows he at this asks, point? Because he asks him later. Why didn't you use the voice? Why didn't you use the voice? And Jesse says, I didn't need to. But I think, you know, although it's kind of weird because you kind of hear it. Right. But it's a little crackly. And it doesn't work. Right. So I don't think he knows it's not going to work. Okay. But at the end, he's like, well, we have your part of your soul. Yeah. But I think that he just knows. He figured that it out. Important. He, I think I think that's more just he, he knows how important that is to Jesse to have his soul. Not so much related to the voice. I could be wrong about that. I don't think in the classroom that he knows it's not working. Maybe he does later, but I think in the classroom, he doesn't expect it to not work. He expects Jesse to use the voice. See, that's what I was thinking. Like, that that makes sense. You set it up, Jesse uses the voice, you have a video of this happening, ta-da, Messiah. Right. Right? That doesn't happen, Jesse still kicks all their ass, so we're all fine. Yeah. Um, And one of my favorite parts of this fight scene, well, two favorite parts, one is that the fight scene with these guys, and I apologize if I'm ruining a trivia question, but it's all to George Harrison's "My Sweet Lord" song. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that no, no. And here's an advantage of us watching it together: 
is I watched you notice George Harrison's song, and I was like, <laughs> not going to ask that. <laughs> but it's such a great song yeah. to put to that fight scene for so many reasons that are obvious. Right. But I just loved it. But I also, another thing that I loved about this fight scene is one of the ways that he hits one of the guys is he, like, knocks the clip out of the gun, and the gun hits the guy in the face and knocks him back. <laughs> like, he just <laughs> hits it with so much force that it, the clip hits a guy in the face. And knocks him out. Yeah. That's so awesome. I thought that was funny. And it's all, I think, it's slow motion, too. Mm. So that happens. Um, they're walking out, and they're like, oh, Kimmel's people called. They want you for Saturday or whatever. Right. Like, well, okay, we're taking this prime time now, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to get on the late night shows. Um, <clears throat> and I just thought that was funny. That that was going to be a question. I was, I was thinking about that for a trivia question because he just it was kind of a... Uh, like off the cuff, like oh, Kimmel's people called this yeah. and that, that, that. But then they mention it like five more times in the yeah, episode, yeah. and I was like, "No, nah, you're ruining my fucking trivia thing." <laughs> Shut up about Kimmel. <clears throat> so then we go see what we see. Featherstone uh, is cleaning up in New Orleans, but Jesse does confront him and say, "Hey, what's up?" Oh yeah, yeah. Up. He goes, "Yeah, why, why is why are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. Right? What does Hairstar say? I forget what he answered. Well, I think. I don't remember how he how he explains it, but basically he, he he's kind of like this is what we have to do, and and my favorite part of that closing of that scene though is when Jesse says I didn't sign up for this shit, and her star says spoken like a true messiah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, well, like I said, Featherstone is cleaning up in New Orleans, <clears throat> and then we see Cassie's going through Dennis's room. I think he's in his own room. He's no, packing that... up stuff. He then goes into Dennis's room, I think. But but this scene... Before we go any further, this scene opens on something. I don't know if you noticed it, but in both of my rewatches, I noticed it because the shot opens on like this really long shot of the window in Cassidy's room. Like it comes out, and <clears throat> this is totally foreshadowing the fact right. that he's about to push Dennis through that window. Right. And, of course, on the first watch, you don't know that. But I think it's establishing that, hey, there's a window there's here. There's a window here. <laughs> <laughs> Note, window. <laughs> that will be important soon. Yeah. No, I didn't. I did not notice that. Wait, isn't it... Doesn't it come... Doesn't the camera come in through the window and then we see Cass? I don't think so. I think it, like... It's you think it facing, expands from it's it? It's in, from inside the room. And then backs out. Yeah, and it kind of backs out from it. Okay. It's I'll, kind of just, you know, an establishing shot of the room. But I thought it was really interesting that it was on the window. On the window. So. Okay. But, but see, I thought he was going through through Dennis's room because he finds vampire porn. Well, then well he, the, the, the porn kind place. Of separate. He, he then goes into that room, into his room, uh, whether he's looking for him or they're basically he's packing because they're getting ready to go to Bimini. Right, and but there was part of him that was kind of like a parent opening drawers in their kids' room. Perhaps, but he, but I know that he was in his room because I think he opens one of his own drawers and finds the dog in there that he's been hiding. Right, and but then he goes into his—I don't remember why—he goes into Dennis's room, but then he checks the laptop. He leaves, and then he comes back because he can't not look at what he's been up to. Right, because he's getting a little weirded out, and of course, the children of blood kind of website that Dennis is looking at. Right. And it's this spooky shit like, hey, embrace, basically embrace being a vampire and there's these screams and shit going on. Right. We and don't, we seems... don't see any of it, but we no. hear it and we see... And Catherine. it sounds like, to me it sounded like a club. Like a kink club. Mm-hmm. Like, come here and you, you be yourself, be free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, now it could be a vampire themed or vampire wannabe kind of this and that which which would be good for an actual vampire to visit <laughs> or it could be other vampires I think it's real I think it's real <clears throat> you think it's real yeah because in the comic book we don't meet many other vampires in fact uh, halfway halfway through so like five books in out of nine we only ever meet one and he's a douchebag mm-hmm. and he's a young vampire he's like a month old right well I mean He's been a vampire for a month, <laughs> okay, yeah. right, or a month or two, right. right? And and he does all the, 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 the and he doesn't <laughs> and he doesn't even know like garlic's not a thing, right? And Cass meets him and they hang out and Cass ends up killing him. Um, I gotta read the comic again. Yeah, but so 
I mean, it could be other vampires. We know there are I other vampires. I think it is. I think it's like an underworld kind of thing that he found. Could be. And whether it's a physical club thing, like a place, or it's like, hey, we get together and fucking bite people and really get off on being vampires, I think it's like a real deal. It's not like a gimmick novelty thing. Right. I, but either way, it's like a it. concern about Dennis. Yeah. And, yeah. Um... Da, 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 da. And then he and he also finds Tulip's underwear. When was it Tulip's underwear? I know he found yeah. underwear. Yeah, I think it's Tulip's because later on Dennis comes in and he's like, "Hey, it's more of the hey, just take Tulip, you can have her if you want her kind of thing." You know what mm, I mean? I hear what you're saying. So I think it's more of that because he's like packing and doing laundry, and um, I thought it was interesting when he finds the underwear. And he's looking at it. He just watched the Children of Blood thing. Mm-hmm. And there were the scream sounds. The scream sounds come up again when he's looking at the underwear. Oh. And so it's like, this is all building up to him realizing that I can't... <clears throat> I can't control him. I can't. And I can't control myself when he's around. Because mm. that's like... Then that comes up later where... God, you look much deeper into this than I do. Cause, <laughs> I mean, but I'm glad you do. Because th- you're absolutely right. Because this comes up later. Yeah. In his in his thoughts, yeah. So yeah, there is that kind of like he pulls the dark side out. Yeah, but I love that one. That there's something this show has done a couple of times where it'll bring up some other soundtrack or sound to and reference it, something. Like this happened early in the season before the Saint of Killers showed up. The Saint of Killers music happened, right? And it was like you knew he was coming, but right. he wasn't there yet. And but it was like this was definitely. The screams came up again as he's looking at Tulip's underwear well, it's because like, it's tapping into his vampire. Right, it's instincts. like when we see the, the 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 poster for Angelville and you hear the chain. Right, exactly. Right, it's all that kind of like the sound is yep. foreshadowing with it. Yep. So yeah, that kind of ends though. He's the next where we pick up. It cuts to Tulip shopping for Bimini. Right, and, and she, she buys she... all the SPF one hundred. <laughs> Yeah, and but she also she witnesses a woman with a stroller shoplifting. Um, I think she's stuffing stuff into the stroller. And but yeah, I thought that was funny. I don't remember the other things that were in her basket. Do you? Because I, I just know that. Oh, she was she, there was a, a there was a cheap bottle of like a handle of vodka. There was I mean it was tulip stuff right. Yeah. And yeah. but but all of the SPF one hundred. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I, I know what that's for. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then she goes to, she's checking out, right? And the guy at the store is just being an ass. Right. Like a straight up asshole. And the first time watching, first two times watching this, I didn't understand why he remarked on all the SPF and why he was being an ass. It's because he, she's black. Right. And I didn't realize that because she's kind of part black, I think. <laughs> right. But he's just being a racist I th- asshole. At first I thought he was just being an ass because, like, why are you buying all this? But then the third time watching, I was like, oh, he's even more of an asshole because he's right. saying, he's really? being a racist really? asshole. Really? You're buying sunblock and you're like, a part African-American? <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't need this. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. And then in true to look fashion, she beats the fuck out of the guy. Yeah. Who's behind bulletproof glass? Right. So I love I love the way she does this is she finished purchasing. She's decided she's gonna kill kick this guy's ass. So she puts down gum in a position that he has to reach chapstick. Or, or chapstick. Glass, yeah. In a position that he has to reach to pick it up. Uh-huh. And as soon as he reaches, she grabs his hand, slams him against the glass. Grabs his tie? Right. Or hand? Grabs his hand, pulls him forward. Okay. Smashes his head against the thing, beats the fuck out of him on the other side of a bulletproof glass right. wall. Yeah. Right? Reaches through, grabs the money out of the till, turns over and goes to hand it to the lady with the kid who's shoplifting, who's shoplifting and goes like, here, take the mm-hmm. money. And then she wouldn't take the money. Mm-hmm. Bitch, take the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have taken it. Did you notice that Tulip saw Jesse on the TV? There was like a black and white TV next to it where it was like a news report and it was showing the preacher in the school yeah kind of messiah thing yeah I think that further pissed her off and made her do this right oh so we got what Tulip and Cass are planning for Bimini so then yeah oh then we go into the scene that we don't know is Cass's yeah because he's smoking crack right he's smoking which is great because I love he's smoking you smoking crack it's medicinal yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's classic, Cassie. Yeah. And, like, 
it's just a playoff, you know, the medicinal marijuana thing. It like mm. takes it one step further. Medicinal mm-hmm. crack. It's medicinal. Yeah. Uh, right, but the first time we see this scene, like, she's like, well, it's just us now, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's all the, and it's the, the, the Cassidy Tulip love music starts playing, mm-hmm. and they start making out and whatever. And then he bites her neck and mm-hmm. blah, blah, this. And then he wakes up, or, no, no. or he comes to... He doesn't just bite her neck. He rips off flesh. He like pulls up a goddamn chunk of yeah. her neck. Like, there's like... A you know, hole a in her slice neck. of pork tenderloin sized <laughs> chunk. This is what caught me off guard. He's like, doesn't it just bite her and like draw blood or whatever? Like a he vampire. bites off a goddamn chunk of right. meat. <laughs> Absolutely. But then but then he kind of like pulls back into reality. Like that is just a, just a dream. That's just a daydream. A crack dream. <laughs> a crack dream. And then she goes, well, and the funny thing is in the crack dream, like she gives him shit for smoking crack and like. And she is, and she's like, get rid of that shit, At right? At first he denies it. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she has a problem with the crack, mm-hmm. right? But in reality, when she comes up, she goes, are you smoking crack? And he goes, yeah. She goes, all right. Yeah. Like, like that doesn't even make a deal out of it. Like, all okay, right. go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> so we have that. But, but again, like you're saying with the Dennis thing, because that didn't dawn on me that, that Dennis is making it hard for Cassidy. Yeah. I know Dennis is coming in to, like, just take her and whatever. And to me, that was like pointing to Dennis's frame of mind, yeah, right? It is, and, and yeah. it's and it's cast going like, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I it didn't dawn on me that that's a temptation towards Cass, and Cassidy might be saying, "Yeah, that is what we do," you know, and having to fight that urge, right? Because you get to, I mean, I think they've said that he's like three hundred years old. Cassidy is at this mm. point, so he's been through all that, like. And I think some of this is even in the comics where they do some flashbacks of him. I could be wrong, but he's been through a lot of what Dennis has been through. And he's come out the other side, and so he's living a different way now. Mm. But Dennis comes along, and he's tapping into those primal urges that he used to have as a a, uh, a newbie vampire. But also, Dennis, he, this comes at a time in Cassidy's life, right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Where... I'm going to Bimini. I'm done with... He's The group is splitting up. Yeah. So why not go back to right. the fuck I want to do? And when Tulip says, you know we're going to have sex, right? Like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, of course. Like, if they go to Bimini and they split off from Jesse, they are going to become an item. And they are going to fuck. But that's and, in Cassidy's dream. Right. I know she... But, but still, as a viewer, like, they are packing to go to Bimini and leave Jesse behind. So, yes. Yeah, that probably have sex happen. again, you know? So it's a natural thing. So, yeah, absolutely, and that probably would happen, right? Right. So um, then we cut to hit Hitler and, and Eugene. But one question, actually. Okay, before we go there, I don't want to dig, keep digging too deep on this because I want to get through this. But uh, when they're in this, I know it's just a vision in this crack dream thing. But she, you know, they're packing and 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 Cass is like, oh, and Dennis too, you know, and she's like, oh yeah, Dennis too. And I just was thinking, why are you bringing Dennis with you to Bimini? Right. Like, I guess it's because so he can watch over him. But it's like, he's going to be a real fucking downer. Like, just well, you and Tulip go to fucking I was going to say, this is Cass's opportunity. Right. Right? Like, if you want to get in there, then get in there. <laughs> you don't need Dennis on your with your no. shit. You know, he, he can take care of himself now. Absolutely. Or, or kill the world. Yeah, and right? he's been, like, he's been a deadbeat dad for Dennis's entire life. Right. And Dennis, before he was going to die as a human... Was like what was he seventy eighty yeah sixty seventy years old like he did, you don't need to bring him <laughs> he's fine yeah why are you taking him to Bimini <laughs> yeah exactly he, he and he's doing just fine in New Orleans he's mm-hmm. happy he found his kink club mm-hmm. he's good oh yes okay so then we cut to the other part and it's like we get to this part where it's Hitler and Eugene making it out of hell now is that this part in the episode that I was like. Damn, we got a lot of episode left because like there's a lot that happens mm-hmm. by the end of this, right? So we see Hitler and Eugene now. Last time we saw them, they had jumped down into the pit, mm-hmm. right? Um, was that? I think that's the last where we saw them is where they both jump into the. Uh, I think so. And well, and they were going through some. This is something I thought was interesting. This doesn't happen in this episode, but it's something we missed talking about in the previous episode. Okay, they're going through. Basically, air conditioning vents. They're like crawling through, you know. 
and right. they're going past different rooms. Right. And at one point, you hear the Saint of Killers room hell right. going on underneath. So they cross over the Saint of Killers right. Hell. Who's back in hell? Right. And but I thought it was interesting that they you could hear his hell going on. You hear his wife talking. You know, don't drink, don't kill people, or whatever. Right. So I thought that was a nice callback. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, now we're at to you know they get to the river. Well, before that, I had a, I had a note because okay, so we see them. They're making out of hell. They're running through a forest. Mm-hmm. And I just had the question: Where's this forest? <laughs> it's in hell, right? But no, like, is hell like Earth, only with cages and shit? Well, yeah, I think the impression we get because, like in you know Dante's Inferno, you get the impression there's different places. Right, and, and this seems like this another is. place in hell, or whatever. Yeah, it just like, seemed funny to me that you're running through a forest. Yeah, it's like you just came out of. And here's another thing: is we have seen in hell mm-hmm. when we get the glimpse of how big it is, because you see their like, uh, like row of cells or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then we do see once where it just seems like an endless coliseum of rows of cells right. in the thing, right? And now we're in a forest. All right. So this is essentially a. The hell we've seen so far is basically an underground prison right. in this world. In this world. So they make it out. They're running through the forest. Uh, they run into... the fa- I call him the ferryman. Mm-hmm. The the guy who ferries you across the river Styx, right? Right. right. Um, and they have to get across. This is where we realize that Hitler's using Eugene. Because he tells Eugene, go up to the ferryman, tell him... Who you are, mm-hmm. that you don't belong here. He will verify that. If that's true, he'll call a boat, put you on the boat, and send you to the other side. They'll give you clothes mm-hmm. and arrange transport back to Earth. Right? So this is the first time I've realized, oh, Hitler realized this person shouldn't be here. That's my ticket out. And then I think Hitler plays a little fucking close at the end. Right? By going, no, no, I shouldn't go. You go. He plays that a little close. But I think his whole plan from the get, from the jump, was this person doesn't belong here. The ferryman will take him across. And I can use that to get into the boat. That's interesting. Because I, I I'd be curious to see how that plays out in the next season. Because I'm, I believe Hitler. And partially because of the depiction that we've been given of Hitler in hell is... He's not the Hitler that was World War II Hitler. He's definitely much more meek, and he feels bad about the things he did. And, like, Eugene gave him the chance to be good for the first time. Like, I could be gullible, but I actually believe him. Like, I believe that he... I think you're being gullible. And and he's saying to Eugene, like, thank you, Eugene, you gave me a chance to be... This is the first time I've been good again. Because, like, in... in, Yeah, but the second he gets to Earth, he's... Pew, he's well, out. Yes. Fuck you, Eugene. <laughs> yeah, but true. But I think, like in his hell, like they, he, the question was, why was this your hell? Hell, and that's because last, it's the last time, time I, was, I good. was good, and now Eugene gave him a chance to do something good again. Right. And then you are way too optimistic and, for this show. Uh, maybe, but he then Eugene says, you know, come and and Hitler says, I belong here. What are they going to do? They're just going to make it worse, and. He says, I don't belong here. And Eugene says, not anymore. Which is just this moving thing. And then he's like, and then you see this look on Hitler's face. Like, oh, you're right, Eugene. Thank you so much. And then he gets on. So, I and don't know. Then, I, I, and I then see, Hitler gets to Earth yeah, and I, goes, fuck you, Eugene, and runs away. He does run away, but I feel like it could just be, you know, I don't know why he runs away. It's almost like he's like, I'm still Hitler, so if anybody finds me, <laughs> I'm fucked. But... I think it's like I, I'd be curious to see if you're right about this. We'll have to see in I, season three. Hopefully, we get an answer to this question. You but, are way but too I optimistic. Do, so, I, so I'm going to go ahead and take the side of he really isn't using Eugene. He's really trying to do something good. All right, sucker. So we'll see. We'll we'll hash this out in the future. So we're we're putting this down. We're taking our sides. Right. And we'll see how this plays out. Right. In next season. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about a couple things? Yeah. That's why we're here. First of all, Hitler says, you know, if he, if you're not supposed to be here and he knows it, he's going to blow his horn. It's going to call the, the thing, and they're showing you the the big horn, the big like, like elk horn, like on the thing, and hanging it's obvious a, hanging on a tree stump or something, right? And that's obviously what it, you know, that's the horn or whatever. And then you see this death, 
and like death reaches up and Eugene's like going back like he's gonna die or whatever. It's the ferryman, right? Mm-hmm. And he blows a horn and then he turns and Eugene's like, oh, I thought that was your horn. And then he speaks and he's like, no, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But his voice is like normal. It's like Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very like Neil Young, like nasally kind of. Yeah, just like, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and he's just like a normal voice and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Oh, I, I just thought that was hilarious. And he's like, oh, I thought that was your horn. No, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, That's funny. I okay, like that. then the hell lady shows up. Miss Mannering. Miss Mannering, that's her name, that's right. I, we learned that last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically says, he's mine, give him back. Right? Um, and our ferryman says, you don't have jurisdiction here. Mm-hmm. Right? So fuck off. That gets rid of... Like, that's done. She kills him. She ki- Oh, that's right. She kills him. him. Yeah. Or no, crossbow or something like that. No, he, he, takes, a- he takes an arrow in the face. It's like, hits him with a crossbow. Who gets smashed over the head with a horn? Miss Mannering. Okay. Because Miss Mannering kills him. Kills the ferryman with, like, a crossbow in the face. And then Hitler knocks her the he fuck out. He comes up out of nowhere with the big horn that was hanging on the thing and hits her. I don't know if she's dead or not. She's probably just knocked out. Right. I hope she's not dead because I like her character. Okay, so they get out. So then they escape. Right. That, then there's that boat conversation that we talked about mm-hmm. where Hitler's... See, I think that's Hitler going like, no, no, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And then, but, you know, like right at the last second going like, okay, and getting in the boat. Now, one thing I could see, I could see Hitler getting back to Earth and becoming bad again because now he's alive again and he's got an opportunity. So, I don't know. I'm still taking the side though that he was really and and part of this again is because of the depiction we've been get we've been given of Hitler where we both said like you kind of feeling for Hitler right in this. no I mean obviously there it, are it could times be tricking us but there are times like you do feel for Hitler yeah right but I think I think we're all being duped perhaps yeah but, well we've taken sides on that yeah so anyway so Hitler and Eugene get out they're back on Earth um, there you go tulip. Oh, I have Tulip finds the camera. So we cut back to the, the New Orleans apartment, Dennis's apartment. And Tulip finds the camera that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanging on the wall. Or the, yeah, the Grail's camera, right? And I love this part because Cassidy's... Like, Tulip shows Cassidy. And she's like, well, it's in this room. And, and he's like, what? And he's like, well, there's one in the living room and one in the whatever. And he's like, I masturbated in there. <laughs> like she's that's, like, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like their concern. Uh-huh. That that's what's on camera. I love that. Uh, then we get the big scene, which I thought was a bigger scene in in my memory. But when you see Cass kill Dennis, it's kind of a he makes up his mind. He pushes him through the window, and that's that. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. Well, although actually, the first in the first watching, like this has been built up all season, right? And even in the first watching, I was a little underwhelmed by how they executed this. But partly is because they dragged this out so much. Like, I kept expecting Dennis to become a bigger problem. Mm. And the problem that they settled on was Cassidy realizing that he couldn't be... He couldn't tame himself with Dennis around. Right. And that's kind of what they settled on. But I was totally expecting Dennis to be a much bigger problem. And I kind of was wishing he would die because it would have been more interesting... So I was under a little underwhelmed with how they handled the whole Dennis thing, but he. You know, well, they, and the killing Dennis scene is kind of like it's short. Mm-hmm. It's like it should be like an emotional scene. He's killing his son, right? Right, and and it, and not like his son's dying, which was very emotional before, and then he makes him a vampire. So now he's killing his son. And it's not his son's dying. It's he's killing right. his son. Right, so but no, it's not. He throws him out the window, and it's basically like yeah. So Dennis finds Tulip's underwear, and he's like, ha, 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 "Right, come on, you can do this. You can take her." And he pushes him through the window that we saw with the opening shot. Right, and I thought it was interesting that before he pushes him through the window, mm-hmm. this is the first time Dennis speaks English the entire season. Right, because he's been speaking French this whole time. But and like, he speaks pretty decent English. Yeah, he's like, "Can you be a good boy, Papa?" Right. <laughs> Now, I don't know if he's always been able to speak English or if he's, like, learned that little bit. Right. But it was creepy when he speaks English. Right. Exactly. There's another level of creepiness. Right. Um, okay, so we got that. It cuts back real quick to, you see, Eugene and Hitler getting dropped off by um, Distant Vistas. 
And then, like I said, Hitler runs away, gets hit by a car real quick, and then springs up. And can we just talk for a second that Hitler is in like a hot pink jacket, like <laughs> hoodie, hoodie, and, and and stuff, and runs. It. So it's just fucking. And even hilarious. Eugene says, "Nice hoodie." It's yeah, cool. yeah, it's cool. <laughs> hoodie. Oh, your sweatshirt. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, so Cass and Tulip are leaving. Tulip's been down in the car waiting for Cass to get in the car, right? Cass gets in and he sits in the back. Well, before he gets in, Tulip's singing the, the James Taylor James song. James Taylor song. And it's about a cowboy, which is, of course, about Jesse. Because Jesse is the cowboy. Right. He's like the, the cowboy in this show. So she's obviously thinking about Jesse in this scene. Like, right. I'm going to leave Jesse right now, but I don't want to, and I miss Jesse, and God damn you, Jesse. That's what this, like, kind of singing that cowboy song is all about that. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. And but he, and she goes, "Where's Dennis?" And he goes, "Oh, he decided not to come. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell. Doesn't say. Oh, I killed him. Just he decided not to come." But I think it's funny that Cassidy gets in and gets in the back seat, right? Because that's just and, his position, yeah. <laughs> right? And she's like, "You know, you could sit up front, yeah, right." And he's like, "Oh, this is quite an upgrade." But it's definitely like it's a nod to his position in the group too. It's like, right, he oh, sits in the back. Yeah. That's where he belongs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, he literally takes the back seat in this in this, in this, in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, so and then quickly, Tulip says she's going to go say goodbye to Jess mm-hmm. Featherstone upstairs. Right, right. So she goes up and she basically uh, this. I loved this. She opens. She basically comes in, catches Featherstone cleaning. Right, Featherstone's kind of out of sorts. Out of well, before this though, before Featherstone comes up. She goes in and she sees. She starts flipping through the pages of this manual that is the extract, oh. the soul extraction manual. Right. Which is, by the way, like back one or two episodes ago, where Hoover was in the armored truck with the Santa Killers in the back, waiting for the Santa Killers to come and around. And he's going through that. He's flipping through this, and I was trying trying to figure out what he was looking at. Right. And now finally, I realize what it is. In this episode, he's looking through the soul extraction manual. For this, I forget what the name of this company was. Mm-hmm. The, the Japanese or yeah, and and so this is there too. And then she finds something stuck with this same kind of glue, glue that of the, the camera. Camera was on the wall, so she's right. already she, figured this out. Right. So yeah, she comes in and she sees the box mm-hmm. of the stuff. She figures it out. She grabs the screwdriver for protection. Um, then Featherstone. Then Featherstone comes in. Jenny, right. As Jenny. As Jenny. And but she's kind of disheveled and like everything's out of place and she has to think quickly like oh yeah I'm leaving too and this and that. Well and then Hoover comes out of the door. Now Hoover, last time we saw him, got his living ass beat mm-hmm. by these two women because he was supposedly the boyfriend, right? So he comes out and he goes, "You're out of you're out of moisturizer." And then he sees Tulip and he goes, "Bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> like he's got to play the strong man now. Um, he's, he's I love Hoover. Yeah, and so, and then, obviously, that's, Tulip has a screwdriver, Jen has a gun, gun wins. Well, she says, I never did tell you about Dallas. Yeah, right. Which is, you and I argued about, like, how did she let that go so easy? Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, so I never did tell you about Dallas. Boom, Tulip shot, they're gone. Cass goes up. Right, Jess comes back. Well, before Jess comes back, Cassidy he gets a call from Cassidy because he's on the plane ready to fly off. Oh, with that's Hair right. Star that's right. To and go get... to go be the Messiah, and and Hair Star is telling him, "Forget about your friends. This right. is the future now." Right. Whatever. And he gets a call from Cassidy saying, "Tulip's shot." Mm-hmm. So Jess comes back, and he leaves. But that's where we find out that Hair Star still has. His piece soul. of his soul that he got from right. the Saint of Killers. So my thought, see, to to me there, it seems to me that Hairstar is, is is aware that the voice doesn't work because that missing piece. I think that's possible. Right now, whether Hairstar knew that when he originally had the piece, mm-hmm. or if he figured that out in the last in the school shooting thing, mm-hmm. either way. He could have because he knows a lot about, you know, the grail and souls and all that shit. So it's possible. But he knows, I think he does probably know now. So I think that's, I think to him, I think in that scene where he says, you know, you come back when you want this Mm -hmm. and shows his soul. I think that's Hairstar's way of saying, like, if you want your powers back, Mm 
mm-hmm. you have to come to me, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I kind of that's my thought on that. Um, yeah, so then we're up in the the back in the New Orleans in, in Dennis's apartment, and they're trying to save her, right? Like they're he's trying to stop the blood, da da da, and Cass is just like, you know what? I'll make her a vampire, mm-hmm. right? It's the only way. It's the only thing. Cass doesn't know about Grandma's house. Jess does. Right. So so Cass's logic is sound. Either we're going to lose her, or I can make her a vampire. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we make her a vampire? And right? it won't be like Dennis, which I, you believe, like it won't probably wouldn't be like Dennis. Right. It's you hope. Yeah. Right. Granted, I she's, think she's got some tendencies, but <laughs> right. But you hope. But I think that's just Cass trying to like. I think that's Cass going, we'll deal with it if, you know, we'll right. deal with whatever it is, but at least she's not dead. Like, we right. can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have to make a decision. Right? And... And they both love her. Right. And and they fight. And Jess literally, like, wrestle moves holds Cass to the ground. Right? And we know, well, you and I, and from reading comic books, Jess knows how to fix this mm-hmm. without the vampire option. But he doesn't tell Cassidy, right? Like, he doesn't even, like, hint. Like, it'll be okay. People don't talk to each other in this show. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so that goes on. We see them going to Grandma's house. Driving well, with Tulip's dead body. Right, right, right. What were you going to say? The- well, well, my um, in this drive, Cassidy tells them, I hate you. Right. I wanted to tell you this a long time. I wanted time. to tell you this a long time. I hate you. And then, of course, Jesse's response is just you wait. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. I think that I think that's a precursor. I think that's foreshadowing to Grandma's house. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to see, like, why he's such a fucking asshole. And this is right. something we've been talking about. Which would be Jesse great. Jesse's an asshole. Like, are we going to see why he's such an asshole? Which would be great. And I think that... I wonder if... Part of me wonders if that's speaking to the audience, too. Because it's so obvious that he's been a dick... This whole season, is that also speaking the, to the audience? Like, just you wait. You think you hate him now, <laughs> which very well could be. Very well could be. Um, okay. Ah, shit. Dropping stuff. Um, so yeah. So we see them on the way to Grandma's house, which is funny because they're like driving down the road and they got a dead body. They get mm-hmm. tulip in the back, dead. Um, and then the chicken goes behind, goes across the road. Right. Which well, that's me, which, that's near Grandma's house. Yeah, but that made me wonder something. What? The chicken. Uh huh. This is. I think it's safe to assume this is the same chicken that he brought back to life, right? Can we assume no. that? I mean, why else would they specifically have send a chicken across the road? And in the trailers for season three, there was one shot of the chicken going across the screen. Okay. So the question I, if we're to assume that this is the same chicken. Then the chicken's lifespan is. My been... question is: Is the, yeah, is this chicken immortal? Right. And does that now tell us Tulip's going to be immortal and not age? Because he's going to bring her back to life, right? I just think it's a clever cinematography or cinematic trick to to go like, oh, look at the chicken. So you don't think it's the same chicken? Because this, this chicken was the beginning of this episode, right? And then the end of the episode. One of the last things you see in this is episode this chicken. is the chicken, right? And I'm. I, I'm not doubting it's the same chicken. I'm just saying, I think that's for... Just for giggles? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just for giggles. Like, I don't think... But this is like, what, 20 years? 25 ex- years later? I, I agree, <laughs> but I think it's not an immortal chicken. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I don't think it's an immortal chicken. I think it's... I think it was like... Because who... What casual viewer is going to go like... That's a forty-year-old chicken, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like chickens don't go this to forty years. This is probably years old. a rewatch question, right? So yeah, it could just be. So uh-huh. I think it's just. Uh, but isn't again, that funny? But it shows up in the season. But it makes you wonder. Like, <laughs> well, but but here's the thing: is you see the chicken dead, you see mm-hmm. Jess take it to Grandma, and then you don't see it again until the end, till right here where you see the chicken crossing the road. Mm-hmm. Now I think that's just a way of that's their way of cine, cine, cinematographically telling you. Grandma revived, you know, revived the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but we're not to read any beyond that. I don't think we should read anything. That is not an immortal chicken, <laughs> in my opinion. And still young at heart, because that thing springs across the road. It's not just immortal, but not aged. Right. 
So we, I, you're saying we are not to assume that Tulip will just be immortal, remain unaged and immortal. Right. That's right. what that's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. The, the last shot we get is Mandog. Well, we see the Mandog empty Mandog suit hanging in a hotel, a piece of shit crack whore hotel motel motel. Yes, but and there's like cans and shit all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I mean it looks he's like a slob. He's, yeah, and and in the background, Walk to the Peak is playing. Right, and then so His you're favorite like favorite jazz song. Right, so you're like, oh, it's God, it's God, and then the door opens and all you see is the bright light. Mm. Right, and cut. End of friggin' season two. Mm-hmm. Great way to end it. <clears throat> so we know God Man Dog is is there is is. We know that now. It's con- further confirmation. Further confirmation. Definitely was God. Right. Uh, we've seen us pulling up to Grandma's house. We got a brief glimpse of it at the beginning, and we saw them driving there at the end. So we know Grandma's house is happening. Here's the thing. Like I said, at the, at the end of season one, it, had they cut it there, you'd have been like, oh, okay. Like, they're going to go on a road trip and continue doing things, but there's not, like, a cliffhanger. This one here, Tulip's dead. Mm-hmm. Hitler's wild. Right? Crazy grandma, we're on our way, right? Like, shit at the end of this season got real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to have a season three to at least tie some of this shit up. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I want to know what Hitler does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Just, and and our hero has lost his powers. Right. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch to catch up, mm-hmm. you know, next season. So, good cliffhanger. Good way to leave us wanting season three. I think they did a great job of that. Any final thoughts? Uh, that's all I had. Did you have anything else? Oh, I do have. It's my turn for trivia. Oh, yeah. little trivia time. My favorite part of the show. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> um, I do have to say for our listeners, trivia this time was a lot harder to do because we were together and we watched the episode together. So it's kind of like hard for me to make a note that he's not aware that I'm making. <laughs> and if it's at some obscure place in... During the show, I could see him going like, oh, what's he writing down there? Is mm-hmm. that going to be trivia? So, <clears throat> these are going to be a stretch. So, do you think that the question... That, 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 well, it sounds to me, then, that they're even going to be more difficult than usual. Uh, there's one in here that is purposefully difficult, <laughs> but answerable. Okay. Um, okay, so, I, here, I got the first one. I almost don't want to ask this because you mentioned it during our episode when we were talking. However, you didn't use the proper words, so I want to see. All right. All right. Um, I'm. You know what? I'm not going to give you the titles. I'm just going to go in order. All right. This one I called, There's a Porn for Everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. And this is, uh, um, so we see the the vampire kink club or porn or the group site, right, that, that Dennis is, that, that makes Cassidy worry about Dennis. We saw it on the computer. What is the name of the site? And now, during the episode, you called it. You said it correctly. It's it's the Children of Blood. The children of Blood. What is the site called? Les Enfants de. I if I knew the French word for blood, <laughs> I would get this. How did you get the Children of Blood if you didn't know the French? Because it doesn't say Children of Blood. Um. It says Children of Blood in French. Right. I don't know if it, he said it. The guy, because there's like a voice over. Right. He might have said it, or if maybe there was like a subtitle or something when I watched it. That could have been it. Yeah. Well, you have it. La Infantos de Sang. Yeah. Blood Sang. So, which is funny, because I wrote it down in the French version, and I had to go to a translator to find out what it is. <laughs> and then during the show, you were like, the children of blood place. So I was like, motherfucker. I-. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right, so I'm calling. Okay. So I'll give you that one. I'll get a half point. You, yeah, I'll give you a half point on that. You, you. You got that one pretty good. Um, here's another easy one for you. Okay. And I feel that we'll you about that. I feel that you know this one, and you were holding back in the episode <laughs> not to say it. I call this one ground control to Major Tom. All right, sweet. Throughout our show, we have called the leader of hell lady. I should say I have Captain Corporal Major. <laughs> I have given her a rank. Okay. Right? What... In this episode, we learn her rank. What is oh, it? Jesus Christ. You are... You are correct uh, on her name. Miss Mannering. Miss Mannering. Yeah. But she has a title in hell. 
I have no idea, so I'm just going to go with the prison theme and say that she's the warden. Incorrect, sir. She is the superintendent. Ah, damn it. So, it, which is fun, which is funny because like the superintendent to me is kind of a more prison thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I always every rank I gave her was military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but no, she is the superintendent. So, bam, got you on that one. <laughs> and Hitler was the custodian. All right. My question is, who's the custodian now, and why did Hitler get demoted from custodian? Is this just a reorganization? Hitler was the custodian. Yeah. You're right. But we'll, I don't think we'll ever get that answer. Why he's no longer That's interesting. Ooh, I totally, I totally missed all of that. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Um, okay, I'll save the hardest one for last. I'll give you the second hardest one here. Which, this one's actually not that bad. Um, <clears throat> while waiting for Cassidy to come down for packing to go to Bimini, Tulip is in the car singing a JT song, James Taylor song. What you mentioned in the show. What is the name of the song she sings? You know, I knew you were going to ask me this. And we're both James Taylor fans, too. Like, you right. know this song. Cowboy. Uh, is it Sweet Baby James? It is. It's Sweet oh Baby God. James. All right. Uh, all right. So you, you got one and a half so far. All right. But there's more? There's one more. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. I call this one Nowhere to Run. Breaking formula. All right, let's hear it. Okay, this one you're not going to get. <laughs> but it's a good piece of trivia for our I fans. I can surprise you. I've, I saw this twice, so we'll see. Okay, this is a good piece of trivia for our fans. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people might not know this, and it's an interesting fact about this episode. Okay. In the opening scene, after young Jesse kills the chicken, um, and he, he decides, he feels bad about it, or whatever, so he grabs the chicken and he runs to Grandma's house. Almost shot for shot, we see a scene of Jesse running to Grandma's house, which is an exact replica of a scene in this exact same setting, same location. It's a very famous scene that was recreated. What was the movie that that was wow, that, that we've seen this scene before in? Which well, can you tell me where this starts and ends? Where the recreation starts and ends. I'll tell you this. When it starts, Jesse is running down a dirt road next to a wooden fence. He turns. He runs through a tunnel of trees towards a southern-style white house, Grandma's house. And we see him run through the archway of of trees to Grandma's house. And that is almost scene for scene from a movie... Filmed in this exact location. It's the exact same house. Location? Same house, Seriously? same trees, same fence. Alright, I do have a guess. Okay. Forrest Gump. It is Forrest oh, Gump. Yeah. <laughs> really? Grandma's house is the house used in Forrest Gump. Seriously? Absolutely. The only way I know this is on IMDB, it's part of their trivia. The 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 farmhouse, the, the fence that he runs next to, and the row of the ring row of trees that he runs through are all an, an actual house in Georgia that Forrest wow. Gump has filmed that. And the scene that we see of Jesse running is the scene of Forrest running from the when um, him and Jenny are on the tree. Yeah. And it's hit, Forrest runs back home. I remember this scene, yeah. It's the same scene. So my question is, is Grandma... the So you're saying Grandma's house is Forrest's house. Is Forrest's mother's house in Forrest Gump. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. So I hope they keep using this location in season three. Uh-huh. Um, it sounds like they might, because I know they got the filming permits for the locations. Right. So th- it sounds like they might. We have seen some shots of Grandma's house in season three promos. And it looks like this, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's actually pretty good. You got, what, like two and a half or three? Not bad. Over, One, 50, over 50%. Just, over 50%. So barely, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> just barely over 50%. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> Well, all right. Is so that all you had then? That's all I, I got those four, and those are hard. All right. And I, unfortunately, the next episode we watch together, we're not going to be together. So you're not going to know the hell it is to come up with trivia while yeah. watching it with someone. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, I we're going to take a little cocktail break. And uh, we're going to talk about, I'm really excited about talking about season two as a whole. And especially about talking about what we expect to happen in season three. 
our hopes and dreams and fears for season three. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and well, like at the beginning of this episode, we even started getting into a little bit of that. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's just going to – we need to pull the reins back on that. we got another episode for you. Right. So we're going to do our wrap-up episode next. Those are uh, – that's they're my favorite episodes. Yeah. So, so hopefully that – and that will be out – Real soon because we're going to drop these like maybe even the same time maybe as even this the one. same time yeah that'll be awesome because we got to get it out because season three is coming fast and when we when season three comes we'll be coming out with an episode per week assuming per week. there's a new TV show episode per we'll week. have we'll get we'll have to figure out like what days we'll record and what days we'll drop that episode yeah. um, and it could vary a, by a day or so but right but I think we should try to be steady with yeah yeah weekly with but. I will commit to it will become it will come out between the two episodes. Yes. So so yeah, so but that'll come up in season three, which is coming real 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 soon. Yeah. So I think that's it. That was great. Yeah, so get ready. Help us get ready. Join us in getting ready for season three. Uh and join us next time of the preacher. What? They were watching us this whole time. Who? The man in white. Star. Jesus. God, I might have asked about it in here. Oh, yeah, me too. What do you think we should tell Jesse? That we masturbated in the living room? No. Not about that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.